Sunday night football. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's lost. Mills got a trace. And there is your dagger. Welcome in to the podcast. We got so much to get to. It is NFL Picks with Gabe. Week 15, it's an everything burrito production as always. Uh, we're looking forward to a really good week. Uh, playoff implications all around. Um, you know, whether it's seeding or just kind of teams in the hunt, um, a lot of interesting storylines to get to here. Um, last week we went 11 and 4 straight up, so that was really solid. 7 and 8 against the spread. Not too happy with that. We're going to try to have a winning week this week. For the year, we're 125 and 59 straight up, and we're 94 and 91 against the spread. So, uh, this is going to be a winning week. I got a good feeling. And let's get started with uh, a game in Denver, Buffalo at Denver. Uh, The Denver Broncos are such a confusing team because week to week, we don't know which team's showing up. And specifically, that starts with their quarterback. Drew Locke looks like a franchise quarterback some weeks. He certainly did against Carolina. He looked like a franchise quarterback. And he's got a nice connection with KJ Hamler. And that's positive. Their their run game can do really well. Uh, Garrett Bowles is having an outstanding season as a pass-protecting left tackle. So Denver's offense has a lot of good things going for it some weeks. But of course, there's the weeks where Drew Locke decides to not show up, basically. And you just don't know when those are coming. So, you know, easiest thing to do here is just to say flip a coin. And uh, yeah, we got no idea which Drew Locke is showing up. One thing that helps us to know which Drew Locke is showing up is the caliber of defense that he's going up against. So this Bills defense, um, they, they've been good and they've been a little, um, at times, they haven't played up to their potential. Uh, but specifically in their defensive backfield, they've been playing really, really well. Uh, Tredavious White is one of the most underrated cornerbacks over the last few years in football. He is absolutely uh, a shutdown kind of guy. Uh, Taron Johnson coming on, Levi Wallace, um, you know, and you always got Poyer and Hyde back there. So they're, they're a good defensive backfield and they've been getting after the, the, uh, quarterback a little better, um, as far as the defensive line of front seven goes. So th- this Buffalo defense is solid. Um, maybe the biggest part of this game though, has to do with quarterback Josh Allen. Allen is, he's, you know, he's, I always say this, he's Brett Favre circa 94 now. Because last year I said he was Brett Favre circa 93, which meant, yeah, he, he makes some good plays, but he throws the ball away a lot. This is where he, Allen is starting to find his his Favre MVP <laughs> stride. I, I really believe that. I think that you're going to continue to see Josh Allen improve. He came into the league so raw, um, but now he has that wonderful connection with Stephon Diggs. And really, him, him and Cole Beasley... Um, are on the same page. That's pretty cool to see. Uh, Dawson Knox as a tight end is solid. And, you know, the the running game hasn't been great, but between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, they're they're doing okay. Uh, But the big thing here to focus on is Josh Allen in the passing game against a Denver defense that, hey, they've played pretty well. They've held it together. Um, But now with with A.J. Bouye out with a PED suspension, uh, they're not the same defense. And they, they can be passed on. And, and I, I like Denver. Um, 
I've said this a lot. I, I really like Denver. I like the pieces they're building with. Uh, but in this game, the Bills maybe are, are a touch underrated. I think that they, they are a legitimate uh, high-end contender here in the AFC. And I think Denver just, again, week to week, we don't know which Drew Locke is showing up. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna say, and I'm not super confident about this, but I'm going Bills 27, Broncos 20. So I'm taking Buffalo to cover that six and a half point spread. Uh, let's talk about Carolina at Green Bay. Uh, Carolina was, of course, the team that that the Broncos beat last week. Um, I, you know, it's so weird. I like that Carolina defense because they have a lot of good young pieces, but those those pieces are young, and that that is a factor. And specifically against Aaron Rodgers, that's a huge factor um, because while you know there's some defensive playmakers there, and and I've talked about how much I love Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin and and what Carolina is building. From a defensive perspective, it's it's heading in a positive direction, um, but at this point, it's not there yet. And you saw that because Drew Locke torched them last week. Well, if if Drew Locke torched them, think about what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Uh, Rodgers, to me, at this point, after Mahomes' three interception performance against Miami, Rodgers at this point is locked in. He is the number one candidate for MVP. Now, we'll see how his season finishes out, but uh, Rodgers has been remarkably consistent outside of one bad game against Tampa. Uh, Rodgers has been unbelievable this year. So, you know, I I really don't think you're going to see that stop here. Um, Even though there's a couple injuries on Green Bay's offensive line, they've been kind of hanging tight. They've been doing pretty good. Uh, Rodgers has really been connecting with Robert Tunyon, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, you know, Alan Lazard is back, and that's opened some things up. Uh, Tavon Austin uh, becomes a factor here, and Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones uh, have been consistently producing this year. So really, that Green Bay offense is not going to be slowed down. Meanwhile, uh, although the, the Green Bay defense is not great, they're not great. Um, but they're good when they have the lead because they play well against the pass, uh, specifically because um, their safeties, Adrian Amos and uh, Darnell Savage, have been coming on, and uh, Jair Alexander is a legit shutdown corner. So coming up against this team uh, for Carolina, um, you're looking at them. They're not going to have likely, likely not going to have Christian McCaffrey back for this game. That means Mike Davis. Davis has played really solid all year long, and I'm sure he can exploit to a degree the Packers' run defense, um, which has played a little bit better in recent weeks. But overall, you know, Carolina is going to have to win with the arm of Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, Bridgewater is is a good quarterback, um, but um, he's going to be under some pressure because – uh, the, the game situation is probably going to be fairly predictable and he's going to have to throw into the coverage of, of Alexander and King and Amos and Darnell Savage. And that does not uh, bode well for the Carolina Panthers. So I'm taking Green Bay's offense here uh, to, to score some points. I'm going to go Packers 30, Panthers 17. Uh, Green Bay's eight and a half point favorites. So I've got them covering that spread as well. Uh, New England at Miami is an interesting matchup. Uh, the Patriots have been a tough team to predict, uh, really have not got their passing game going this entire season. Maybe uh, just briefly, there was one glimmer early in the season against Seattle, but otherwise you, you really haven't seen 
a good passing game from this Patriots squad. Uh, they don't really have the targets. Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers, just they just aren't those guys. Uh, their tight ends are non-existent. Um, James White is a good target out of the backfield. But, you know, basically, here's the thing. This Patriots team exists to run the ball. And, and that's what they do best, and, and that's what they lean on. Um, and they're, they're, not, they're not a great offensive team. Um, but generally speaking, they'll score a few points and the offense, basically the goal is to not have them lose the game. And, and Cam Newton, let's be fair. He has lost them quite a few games, uh, by turning the ball over. Uh, this Miami defense is good. Uh, we, we talk about that week in and week out. Um, and, and they're getting better and better. Uh, shout out to Jerome Baker, uh, excellent performance last week. Um, so this, this Dolphins defense is very good. I, I expect to see the Patriots have a difficult time scoring in this game. Uh, and yet, I'm still kind of into the Patriots on this one. And, and the reason being is because you've got Tua Tonga-Valoa uh, going up against Bill Belichick. And I know this this almost becomes a cliche, but but it's, it's a cliche because it's true. Belichick versus young quarterbacks is a cheat code. I will say it over and over again. Now, I, I know you're thinking, well, yeah, but against the Rams, Jared Goff, yeah, Jared Goff had a bad game. The Rams blew him out, but Jared Goff had a bad game. And we saw a week earlier against Justin Herbert, uh, Belichick shut down the Chargers team. He completely stymied him. And Tua has a history of going up against some, some difficult defensive coordinators and struggling. So, you know, I'm a Tua guy. I like Tua, but, uh, you know, he's definitely going to struggle in this one. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. So I am really high on the Patriots in this game. Um, even though I, I, so I expect this to be a real low scoring game. I think Tonga Valoa will probably turn the ball over a couple times. And I think Belichick will stick with the run game here or Josh McDaniels really will stick with the run game here. So I'm going to take the Patriots to win this one straight up. We're going to go Patriots 16, uh, Dolphins 14. Uh, the Patriots are actually two and a half point underdogs, so that's an upset special right there. San Francisco at Dallas. The Niners are a team that, uh, you know, look, they were they were overrated to begin the season. Um, you know, maybe a touch. But of course, injuries. Injuries are the biggest story of the 49er season. I mean, uh, Jimmy G's down, Kittle's out, you know, uh, you know, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, these guys have been gone all year long and, um, it's, it's taken a toll. This 49ers team, they're, they're not, they're not contenders. They're not, you know, they're not what they were last year, but at the same time, you got to look at the pieces they still have. Um, their offensive line is still solid. Uh, Raheem Mostert's still a very good running back. And, uh, on the outside, they still have decent receivers, for Nick Mullins to get the ball to. And defensively, they're strong up the gut. Uh, Fred Warner, those defensive linemen, Javon Kinlaw, uh, some of those guys, and they're strong on the boundary, right? Verrett and Richard Sherman. And, and their safety play has been decent. So San Francisco is a decent team all in all. Uh, Dallas, I cannot say the same thing about. Now, I, I get it. They they blew out a, a bad Bengals team, or they, they won anyway against a bad Bengals team. Um I just these teams are not as evenly matched as I think some people would think because Dallas's offensive line play has been terrible. Uh, Zeke has not played well. Ezekiel Elliott has basically not taken advantage of any opportunities he's had. Even though his offensive line has been poor, he individually has not played that well. Um, they they don't have they don't have good tight end play. 
Um, their wide receivers are great, but Dalton struggles to get them the ball against a, a good secondary, which San Francisco has. Um, defensively, uh, they can rush the passer a little bit, uh, but as far as you know, stopping deep passes, stopping intermediate passes, um, stopping the run, all of that stuff uh, is pretty much non-existent. So, you know, in this game, I I just, you know, San Francisco overmatches Dallas in just about every possible way. Um, So, uh, you know, there's issues here as far as as Dallas goes. Um, I'm taking the 49ers to win this one pretty handily. I'm going to go, you know, 49ers 33, Cowboys 19. And really, one of the key principles here, too, is you're looking at Kyle Shanahan as a head coach against Mike McCarthy. That's probably one of the biggest coaching mismatches uh, this week or maybe in the NFL period. So San Francisco has two and a half point favorites, easily taking them to win. Again, I said 33-19, 49ers over the Cowboys. Let's talk Chicago at Minnesota. Um, Obviously, um, you know, the, the Bears put on a really good performance against the Texans. Uh, Trubisky looked good, um, and the defense looked spectacular um, against the Texans. And, uh, you know, the the Bears are very optimistic about the road ahead. Um, I don't share their optimism. And it's not, I don't, I'm not so down on this Bears team. Like, I I think they have the pieces that can work here. Um, Ultimately, Trubisky can't be at the wheel. Um, That's the issue. He, he's going to, you know, commit the the fatal flaw. He's going to turn the ball over. He's going to be that guy that that's inaccurate on the throw that you need him to win the game with. Uh, Trubisky's just not the guy, and he's never going to be the guy, no matter how much Matt Nagy wants him to be. Now, I, th- I think this team is built good otherwise. I think that you have a lot of pieces in place, and um, I was wrong about David Montgomery. I called him a plotter on this podcast. He has played really, really well. Uh, Montgomery looks like a, a really good back, and I like their wide receivers. We've talked about that, um, but but Trubisky is an element to that team that just is is gonna is gonna foil everything else around him. And, and the Bears' defense is excellent, of course they are, but but they looked particularly good against a weaponless Texans team. That is not the case with the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings have weapons. And, you know, honestly, their problem is similar to Chicago in that they don't have the quarterback to get it done. Now, Kirk Cousins is a much better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky, much better. Um, And yet Cousins limits the Vikings offense in his own way. Going up against the Chicago defense, this is not an easy matchup for Kirk Cousins. But, uh, you know, with weapons like Justin Jefferson and and Adam Thielen and (laughs) Irv Smith, actually, um, this Vikings team can get it done through the air, but they can definitely, definitely get it done through the ground game because Dalvin Cook is extraordinary. Look at Dalvin Cook. Here's a guy who came up against one of the best run defense, probably the best run defense in football, and churned out some tough yards last week against Tampa. Well, I think he can do the exact same thing against Chicago. You got Dalvin Cook. It doesn't really matter. He's matchup proof. He's matchup proof. It doesn't matter what kind of team he's running the ball against. He's going to get his yards. So I think Minnesota is an offense that's that's going to perform well regardless of who they're against. I think Chicago is a team that's it's dependent on what kind of defense they're going up against uh, as to how Trubisky looks. Now, I, I, he's looked really good for the past couple of weeks. 
But now you're going against a Vikings team, and they've been a little hot or cold. Um, but but I like their D-line as far as what they do in a, in a solid way. If Eric Kendricks is healthy, which I guess that's a question mark uh, for this game, he, he tilts the field uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith tilt the field. And their young DBs can hang in there against those Chicago wide receivers, specifically because uh, Trubisky struggles to get them the ball unless they're wide open. So with all those things said, I'm taking the Vikings to win this one, and I'm going 24-20 to 20 over the Bears. Uh, the Vikings are three-and-a-half-point favorites, and yeah, I could see this game going either way, uh, but I'm definitely taking the Vikings to win straight up and to beat that spread. Uh, let's talk Houston at Indianapolis. Now, we just talked about Houston. They got just plastered uh, last week by the Bears. Uh, the Bears' defense is good. The Indianapolis Colts' defense is even better. This Colts' defense is probably the best defense in the league. I love watching this Colts' defense. So, you know, you you, you just got hammered by the Bears. Uh, the Bears just limited you in an extraordinary way. Poor Deshaun Watson is so outmatched. He doesn't have the weapons uh, to get done what he needs to get done. It, it's so difficult. And and then here's the Colts coming to town. So, um, you know, I just, I just see Houston uh, getting destroyed here. Uh, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, Xavier Rhodes. I mean, you, you go, you know, uh, Kari Willis, these guys like that Colts defense is stacked and, and they are They're going to take Houston out in this one. Meanwhile, the Colts are a team. I'm really high on the Colts. They are built for this time of year because they are really, really getting their running game going. Jonathan Taylor has really figured it out. Um, he is the kind of guy who can take tons of carries, but you see he's explosive. He's kind of got that Dalvin Cook element, right? He's he's capable of being a, a huge power runner between the tackles, uh, but he's capable of hitting that second, third, fourth gear and taking off on you. So that's a huge element. But another big thing, another big development is Philip Rivers has discovered that T.Y. Hilton is a good wide receiver. So that's, that's a big development. Uh, this Colts team is surging and they're surging at just the right time. They are a super underrated competitor in the AFC. I'm super excited to see what they do for the playoffs because I feel like they're they're peaking at the right time. It's so interesting to see that AFC South battle between them and and Tennessee here uh, because I feel like both teams are surging to a certain degree. But anyway, I'm very high on the Colts and, you know, Houston, again, their defense, they're sloppy, uh, they miss tackles. They don't have the athletes up front. Um, their run defense is is just not good. And Jonathan Taylor has been running everyone over. So, um, yeah, this is just such an easy game to pick for me, uh, despite the fact that I, I think Brandon Cooks will be back for this one. So maybe Houston will you know score another, you know, maybe a couple more points than last week. Uh, but otherwise, we're, we're going to go with the Colts 37, uh, Texans 13, Colts easily covering that seven and a half point favorite spread. So yeah, taking them straight up and against the spread. Uh, Jacksonville at Baltimore. Uh, this is an interesting matchup because the Ravens, wow, they they pulled one out, didn't they, against Cleveland? Um, and that, that was a maybe the game of the year, right? Just an absolute like crazy game. Lamar Jackson pulled the rabbit out of the hat. That was awesome. Uh, just a fun game. Just a fun game to watch. A lot of fireworks. Um, so this Baltimore team, they, they are looking uh, pretty good on the offensive end. I still don't rely on their wide receivers. 
I still don't think Lamar Jackson has a ton of guys to throw to. Um, their offensive line played better uh, in that game uh, on Monday night. Um, so, you know, that, that's a positive. You take that out of it. Um, I don't think Jacksonville is going to get after him any more than anybody else will. Uh, Jacksonville's defense uh, just gave up tons and tons of yards to Derrick Henry. But, you know, again, everybody's given up yards to Derrick Henry. Um, but I do think that, you know, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, they're going to run over Jacksonville uh, pretty good here. And, and I think it'll be a fairly easy win for Baltimore. Um, Gardner Minshew is under center again for Jacksonville, and I think that's as it should be. Minshew gives the Jags the best chance they have of, of hanging in the game. And I think Minshew, he's kind of the, the king of the backdoor cover. He He's the guy that's going to get you that late touchdown in garbage time. Um and, and I think, you know, Minshew's a good enough quarterback. He, I mean, Jacksonville's a terrible team. They're a one-win team. Um, but in this one, the Ravens are favored by 13 and a half points. That's a huge spread, especially for a team in the Ravens who, you know, they, they run the ball very well, uh, but they just gave up 42 points in their last game. And this Jacksonville team, they're not great uh, by any stretch. Like I said, they're a one-win team. But James Robinson is a really good running back. They got some weapons on offense. Gardner Minshew's capable of, you know, putting up a few points. And, and that Jacksonville defense, while they're not good, um, I, don't, I don't think the Ravens have the weapons to just torch them through the air. So I see this one maybe being a little lower scoring th- than we anticipate or um, than the national uh, pundits uh, anticipate. So I, I'm going to go with the Ravens victory here, but I'm going Ravens 27, Jags 17. Um, so Ravens to win straight up, but the Jags to cover that 13 and a half point underdog spread. Uh, let's talk about the Buccaneers at the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons are a team this year that, you know, they've, we've, we've talked about this. This is their team identity is, is Julio Jones healthy? Well, you know, and that's always a a tough thing to call. We don't know if Julio is going to go. His hamstring has given him issues all year long. Calvin Ridley's really stepped up in his place, but just feels like Matt Ryan is just at the end of his rope and he matches up specifically very poorly against teams with a strong front four pass rush, which Tampa Bay, uh, if you've been watching, they are blowing people off the ball in the trenches. Um, just extreme. And, you know, they're, they're a team that can be exploited through the air. Their defensive backs are, are young and they're, they take chances back there and, you know, most of the, they get burned. Sometimes the Tampa defense gets burned. Um, so that'll happen. But I also see uh, Atlanta as a team that can be exploited uh, with pass rush. And you know that Shaq Barrett and JPP and Ndamukong Sue and these guys are, are licking their chops going up against the Falcons this week. Um, so I, I think you're going to see Tampa's defense play really, really well. On the other hand of it, uh, Brady is still, I mean, he's 43. I mean, we always say that every week, but you know, he's still finding his groove in Arian's offense. You know, he, he can look terrible at stretches. Um, you know, even with the healthy Godwin and Evans and AB, you know, Brady's not the guy to get those guys the ball, but those are great weapons and, you know, unbelievable enough. Like Brady will just throw sometimes where it's like, wow, that's old Brady. Like that throw to Scotty Miller against the Vikings, like that was old Brady. Um, but he's not consistent down to down, but he's not going to need to be here against the Falcons who have a very weak secondary and they have little or no pass rush. And I think you're going to see uh, the Buccaneers cruise in this one. Um, 
you know, and I'm saying like, you know, Matt Ryan's one of these guys that, you know, he'll put up a few points too. So, you know, let's go Buccaneers 26, Falcons 20. Uh, we're taking Tampa to cover that five and a half point spread and, and, and get a, a fairly easy win straight up. Maybe Atlanta scores a garbage time touchdown at the end there or something. Uh, Seattle at Washington. Uh, we just saw this Seattle Seahawks team uh, just curb stomp the Jets. Um, that's something that's being done pretty routinely, but you know, they looked pretty convincing, um, on, on both ends. They looked convincing from a defensive point of view and from an offensive point of view, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, after really, really stumbling and looking kind of awful for a couple weeks, uh, looks to have regained his form, but appearances can be deceptive when you're playing the jets. So going up against a Washington defense that has been really, really good, um, it could make a huge difference in this one. Uh, now, Washington's defense, they're built around the front four, but everybody everybody benefits. A rising tide lifts all ships, and a rising tide is exactly uh, what Chase Young brings to the table, uh, scoring his first touchdown last week. That was an awesome play. Uh, this, this Washington football club has some playmakers on the defensive end. And I'm not saying, like, are they going to shut down Russell Wilson and and this high-powered Seattle offense? No, they're not going to shut him down. But Wilson has shown that he makes mistakes from time to time. And I think that the Washington football team can capitalize on those mistakes. And uh, along with that, uh, if Alex Smith is starting this game, which, again, that's that's in doubt. That's in doubt. If, if this is not Alex Smith, run far away from this game. But uh, if this is Alex Smith... Smith has has really uh, been a beautiful, and I'm going to say game manager. I, I know that's often seen as an insult, but no, he's just let the game come to him. He hasn't tried to do too much, and he's found his targets. Um, Smith has has done a great job of of feeding Sims and and McLaurin and Logan Thomas and J D McKissick, and it, it's true. I mean, Antonio Gibson might be out for this game too. But this Washington football team has had a really solid offense and a really solid defense, and they're five and a half point underdogs at home, and that's just insulting. Uh, that that is ridiculous. Um, now I'm not saying that Seattle couldn't win this game. Sure, they could. Um, but but to be five and a half point favorites on the road here against Washington, that's just insulting. And I think Washington takes some motivation from that. So you know, I'm, I'm taking the Washington football team, the Giant Slayers. Uh, I'm taking Washington to win this one 24 to 21 over Seattle. Uh, definitely an upset special here as Washington is five and a half point underdogs. So we're taking Washington to cover the spread and to get the straight up victory. Let's talk about Detroit at Tennessee. Uh, Detroit is a team that's been a little bit perplexing. Um, you know, they're a team that goes, they, they go with their weapons. Uh, when they had Galladay, they were a different team. We talk about that every week, but it's so frustrating because uh, this team, if they could just get Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift and Matthew Stafford all on the field and all healthy at the same time, I, I don't know. I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but you know they can push. They can push to win any game. But without those guys healthy, uh, this is a totally different squad. Um, and in this one, it looks like Galladay will miss it. Swift will likely be healthy. Um, which, you know, he's a huge weapon. He's a huge X factor. Uh, but the tough thing here is Stafford took some shots to the ribs. We don't know if this is Chase Daniel or, or Matthew Stafford. And with that in question, even against a Tennessee defense, which has 
really not always played very well. Um, you know, this, this one's pretty easy because Tennessee, their offense is super rolling. They, they're, they're doing great. De- Derrick Henry is entering that late season form where he, he just turns into, uh, like, like super Earl Campbell or something. I mean, it's just crazy what he's doing right now. Um, going up against a Detroit team that, that just does not have the horses to stop him. Additionally, the Detroit secondary is banged up and you got, you know, Corey Davis and AJ Brown, uh, really hitting their stride too. Ryan Tannehill is looking better because of course he's got that play action with Derrick Henry, which everybody's got to take seriously. You can load up the box against Derrick Henry, but you can't stop him. So this Tennessee offense is definitely going to go off. And even with Stafford, I don't know if Detroit can keep up. So yeah, I'm, I'm just taking Tennessee to, to win this one. I'm going to say Titans 37, Lions 26. Um, Tennessee is nine and a half point favorites. So we'll take them to, to beat that spread. I got them winning by 11 here. So yeah, Tennessee, uh, I'm, I'm kind of on the Tennessee train. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how Tennessee and Indianapolis will collide uh, there at the top of the AFC South. Uh, all right, so let's get to Philadelphia at Arizona. So uh, let me eat my humble pie um, because Jalen Hurts started uh, his first game, and I said this was a terrible decision, and I stand by that. Um, but Jalen Hurts, they, Doug Peterson called the game for Jalen Hurts. He he definitely changed his game plan to suit Hurts, and it opened things up for Miles Sanders. I think you'll continue to see that, but. Let, let's pump the brakes a little bit on the Jalen Hurts hype because Jalen Hurts, he had a quarterback rating of 83, okay? That's a bad game. That's a bad game by anybody's standards. That's a bad game. Now I get it. He ran the ball well. Um, but as far as passing the football, um, which is what a quarterback should do, that's not good. And Arizona's got a defense that, you know, they've been inconsistent, but they've, they've managed to get some pressure on the quarterback recently. Hassan Reddick had five sacks last week. Um, so I, I expect to see that continue. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the victory against the Saints, uh, I think that was kind of an aberration. I, I don't think that's for real. Um, I think that this Philly team is flawed in the way that they're constructed. Um, I still think Doug Peterson's a bad coach. Um, I don't think it was the right move to, to go with Jalen Hurts. Uh, nothing against the kid personally. I just, I really, I just, I don't see him having success in this offense. We'll see. You know what? If he comes back out there and he has a good passing performance, uh, I'll start believing in this kid. But, um, you know, let's let's see what he does against Arizona. Um, as far as the, the Cardinals go, Kyler Murray is, he's everything that Jalen Hurts wishes he was. Kyler Murray, um, he's he's got it all. He's He's a great He's a great passer. He's got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he knows how to put the ball up for Dan Arnold. He knows how to, you know, uh, manipulate defenses with his legs. But see, the thing is about Kyler, um, he's not just a great runner. He he knows how to use that to maximize his passing efficiency, a la Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray, um, you know, he, he looked bad for a little stretch. I think he was injured, um, but he's back. And I think you're going to see Kyler Murray light it up in this one. Uh, Philly's defense is weak. And so I'm going Cardinals 30, Eagles 18. Uh, the Cardinals are favored by six and a half in this one. So I got them covering that spread. Uh, let's talk uh, New York Jets at Los Angeles Rams. We just talked about how the Jets got blown out of the water 
by the Seattle Seahawks. And yeah, it was not pretty. And the Jets are missing some pieces again. You know, they had gotten healthy for a time and looked a little better. Uh, but then they got, you know, a little little banged up again. And, and now they're looking worse for the wear. Um, not surprising. Uh, the Rams, on the other hand, we saw them uh, destroy uh, the New England Patriots and, and look really, really good there. Uh, they kind of seem to be hitting their stride. Cam Akers seems to be uh, a back that they can lean on. We'll see if McVay sticks with that because he does tend to like to switch that up. But yeah, their, their offense is obviously going to be just fine against the Jets. We know that. Uh, will, the, will the Jets rebound at all? You know, I, I think Darnold is a quarterback that that's capable of, you know, he's capable of pushing the ball down the field. He's uh, capable of, you know, showing some toughness and, you know, I'm not saying the Jets have no chance of winning this game, okay? Because they're terrible. They're on the. They're well on their path to, to get Trevor Lawrence first overall. Because uh, they're they're definitely going to lose this one. But in this game, the Rams are favored by an unheard of 16 and a half points, according to ESPN's Pigskin Pick'em. I, I can't stand by that. Uh, that that is just too many points to take. Yes, the Rams are overwhelmingly the better team. Yes, the Rams have an excellent defense led by Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, and they're going to destroy the Jets. Yes, all of those things are true, and yet I, I think the Rams are going to let their foot off the gas a little bit. I think Darnold is going to you know have a little bit of a, a rebound. I think the Jets' defense might have a little bit of a rebound. Um, so you know I'm I'm taking the Jets to cover that spread. Uh, but I'm taking the Rams to win this one straight up 24 to 13 over the Jets. Uh, let's talk about maybe the game of the week, uh, possible Super Bowl preview, Kansas City at New Orleans Saints. So uh, this is a huge game right here. This is a huge game uh, for both teams. This is a statement game. Um, but in this game, we might not see Drew Brees come back, even though he actually technically can. Uh, we're probably going to see Taysom Hill, and and the Saints just lost to to the Eagles. Um, the Saints defense has played very very well. I think you saw a team that was uh, taken by surprise by Jalen Hurts, uh, taken by surprise by some unscouted looks there and what Doug Peterson did. So I don't think that was truly the Saints D right there. Okay, uh, that's not that's not who they are. Um, the Saints D is the team that we saw previous to that, which is to say they're a really, really good defense. They're capable of getting pressure right up front with their front four, but they can bring in Demario Davis. And, uh, you know, they're a really, really solid defense. And they're solid on the edges. They're solid on the boundary corners. Uh, all the way through, the Saints defense is really, really good. Now, uh, that said, you, you've heard me talk week in and week out about how good the Chiefs are and how impossible it is to stop Patrick Mahomes when he's rolling. And I stand by that. It's true. And yet, uh, the Chiefs have become a little bit of an unbalanced team. They're not running the ball the way that they were earlier in the season. And the Saints can commit to uh, rushing the passer, stopping the pass, dropping into coverage, and trying to present some exotic looks. Now, it's not going to work every time. And Tyreek Hill is going to burn you, uh, you know, a few times in a game, Tyreek Hill is going to burn you. That's like an inevitability when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes is never out of the game. Uh, but the chiefs defense has played kind of poorly recently and sure they're going up against Taysom Hill. Hill is a quarterback that is coming into his own as a passer. He's finally being trusted that way. 
And you're, you're seeing him more and more get comfortable bombing the ball down the field to Emmanuel Sanders. He loves Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara is just having an amazing season. He's excellent this year. So the Saints offense has a huge advantage over the Chiefs defense that's it's looked quite poor. Now, I, I know the Chiefs defense, they're capable of making some plays. Uh, Teron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, Chris Jones, these guys, they're playmakers on defense. I get that. But uh, all in all, they also give up some points. They also give up some big plays. So in this game against the Saints, I like Taysom Hill to push the ball down the field, get some deep shots, run the ball well with Kamara, Latavius Murray, and Hill. And I think you're going to see the Saints put up enough points where uh, the Chiefs are going to struggle to keep up because the Saints have a solid defense. Now, that said, Mahomes is always going to be in the game. This game will probably come down to the final possession. Uh, You know, I I really believe that. I think this is going to be a a must-watch game. Um, It's going to be so, so good. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm taking the Saints to win it straight up. Underdog special right here. Um, I'm going Saints 28, Chiefs 26. Uh, Chiefs favored in this one by three and a half points. So we're taking New Orleans to uh, win it and beat the spread. Uh, Let's talk Cleveland at New York Giants. Um, This Cleveland team, you saw them just pour their heart and their soul out trying to beat the Ravens on Monday night. And, you know, Baker Mayfield played well. Nick Chubb was was himself. Um, You know, they just ran into a Ravens team that's really, really good. Uh, We can't say the same thing about the Giants team. Now, Now, the Giants, I like them. I like their defense. I think that, you know, I've said it over and over. They're they're very underrated. And the, the D there, uh, they got some nice run support, but I don't think it's going to matter too much um, because I don't care. I don't care who you got. You got Dexter Lawrence in there. You got, uh, you know, Leonard Williams stopping the run. You got Blake Martinez coming up against. Them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Nick Chubb will run wild on you. And, and so will Kareem Hunt. And it opens things up for Baker. And Baker honestly has looked like a better quarterback since OBJ went down. So, this Cleveland offense will continue to roll. I'm not saying they're going to roll up another, you know, 42 points like they did on Monday night, um, but they're going to continue to roll, and that means that it puts the uh, pressure on on the Giants' uh, offense to keep up. Now, the Cleveland defense is not great. Um, you saw that Monday night too, um, but they do have a really nice uh, front line, and you see the Giants like ah, I thought their offensive line had really been improved. Um, but you saw last week, that's not, that's not necessarily true. Um, they have some weak points, they have some weak points and you saw that against the Cardinals and no doubt about it. Um, you're going to see Cleveland, uh, rush the passer like crazy here. Uh, Miles Garrett's probably going to have a huge day. Um, yeah, I, I can definitely see Cleveland doing very well in rushing the pass. And with that, it gets disruptive and it's hard for Daniel Jones if he's starting because it might be Colt McCoy in this one too. I think you're going to see whoever's starting with for the Giants at quarterback, you're going to see them have a difficult time. So, um, you know, I'm taking the Browns to win this one. Uh, I'm taking them to win 30 to 23 over the Giants. Uh, Cleveland's three and a half point favorites. Um, so, you know, we're, we're taking them to win straight up and against the spread. Takes us to our, our Monday night game, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a good game. <laughs> Cincinnati's terrible. Cincinnati's a terrible team. Um, with Ryan Finley starting at quarterback, this team is not good. Uh, Joe Mixon has been consistently out. He'll he'll miss this one too, I'm sure. 
Um, they got some good targets on the outside, but it's just, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, as far as Cincinnati's defense goes, they're not a sieve, but they're, they're also not a formidable stop unit. At the same time, the Steelers are stumbling. Um, you know, against the Bills, they just, they're out of sync. They're dropping passes. They're just not themselves. James Conner can't run the ball. Ben looks like a little beat up, you know, their defense is injured, you know, so, so this is the battle of attrition right here. You know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see who's got this. Um, but you know, really, uh, the Steelers team, they're, they're too good to fail in this spot, but they're lucky they're facing the, the Bengals, um, because they're not that same team that, that stormed out to an 11 and 0 start. Um, they dropped two games in a row and this is a good get right game. Um, at the same time, um, they're favored in this one by 12 and a half points. And that's, that's too many points to lay with the Steelers at this point, not because the Bengals are, are any good, but just because the, the Steelers are so beat up and beleaguered. They're just not themselves. Um, so, so I'm taking Pittsburgh in this one, but I'm, I'm taking them by a more modest sum. Uh, I'm going um, Steelers 33, Cincinnati 21. So I, I've got Cincinnati covering that 12 and a half point spread, but the Steelers winning straight up. Well, that that is going to do it for all the games this week, but we want to quickly come to our favorite fantasy plays of the week. Uh, 10 guys I like a little more than maybe the national dudes like them. So uh, here they are. Uh, at tight end, I like Dallas Godert against the Arizona Cardinals. Um Jalen Hurts has got to find a comfort zone. He's got to find a target that, that he likes in the mid-range there. Uh, I could see Godert being that guy. And going up against the Arizona Cardinals, who have, uh, for the last couple of years, really, had a hard time against tight ends, I could see that being a good matchup. Uh, wide receiver, I like Deontay Johnson uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. The reason I like Deontay Johnson is because he really struggled. They uh, they pulled him from the Buffalo game. He dropped a couple passes. When he came back, he looked strong. He looked good. He looked motivated. I expect to see him come out looking strong and motivated in this game, and, and I could see Big Ben uh, trying to target him to increase the youngster's confidence. I like Curtis Samuel against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, with Jair Alexander taking out Robbie Anderson. You got Curtis Samuel on the other side there. I can see Samuel having a nice day and kind of kind of cleaning things up for a team in Carolina that's going to need to pass the ball to keep up with Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay offense. Um, I like DeAndre Hopkins against the Philadelphia Eagles because why wouldn't you? Um, the Eagles defense is all beat up. Um, you, you've seen elite receivers exploit them all year long. DeAndre Hopkins is the definition of elite so I think you're going to continue to see him play very, very well. Um, I like Miles Sanders uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, with Jalen Hurts in there, kind of gives them that same kind of uh, thing going on that, that Lamar Jackson has going on in Baltimore, uh, where, where the running back uh, benefits from, from the quarterback's uh, mobility. So, so I like him a lot in that spot. I also like Jonathan Taylor against the Houston Texans for obvious reasons. Um, Texans defense is terrible and Jonathan Taylor is surging. So I think you're going to see that every week. I'm going to put Derrick Henry in this slot because I love Derrick Henry. I, I think, I think you're going to see him run. He'd probably run for another 200 yards against the Detroit Lions. It would be a miracle if Detroit could find a way to stop him. And with that said, uh, another fantasy play I like is Ryan Tannehill this week. And why? Because with Henry rolling like that, he's got a play action game going and he's got some excellent weapons over the top. Uh, last two, I got Kyler Murray against the Philadelphia Eagles. Murray is really hitting his stride. He's coming into his own. He's finally healthy again. 
and he's looking like the Kyler Murray uh, that that was at the start of the season. And finally, um, I like Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know how uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, does this week to week, but he has been putting up MVP type performances week after week after week. I do not see that stopping against the Panthers. So there you have it. There's the 10 fantasy uh, football plays I like a little better than, than maybe the national experts. Uh, that is going to do it for the episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have a great weekend. Enjoy that NFL action. And I'll see you right back here for week 16. This has been NFL Picks with Gabe and everything Burrito Production. Burrito.